Welcome to Recovery in Faith Talks, RFL Talks. I'm Chuck Downs, Reverend Chuck Downs, and this is episode four. It's faith, recovery, and money wisdom. We're talking about stewardship, discipline, lessons learned, you know, lessons I wish my parents would have taught me, lessons I wish I learned sooner, and stuff that I want to do better, but maybe not do as consistently. You know, little habits, you know, make a lot, you know, go a long way. And what's really awesome is that, you know, uh, I am fairly well off financially in the sense of like, you know, my bills are paid. I'm not in Uber debt. I'd like to thank the Marine Corps. I'd like to thank the US government for, you know, the GI Bill, uh, large source of debt nowadays, you know, for young people, especially, you know, college age or college bound people is college. If you go to a four year school and it's, you know, if it's pretty nice, you know, you might have 60K worth of debt. You know, if it's, if it's you know, like medical school or upper upper end thing, you could be anywhere to 100 to 180K debt. If you went to community college, you know, maybe, maybe you worked and paid some of it off, but most of us have student loans. I didn't have student loans going to my marriage. My wife did. So looking at paying a mortgage, which is one kind of loan, and then student loans, you know, cost of living, and how much you got to pay a month for your loans is, you know, pretty, makes things pretty tight. There's a, a lot of things I've learned the past few years, being married and investing, you know, working full time and managing my money with, you know, a family budget, which was part of our marriage counseling. And that's highly recommended because a lot of marriages and relationships, a big issue is money, especially when they fight over who's spending it on what, or if there's lack of money in the bills, you know, or piling up and, and things are tight, you know, that adds extra stress, especially when someone is saving and someone's spending and they're not really synced up. And so a family budget or a spend plan is a great idea. High level though, I wanna start out just right off the bat, the big three things that I took away from high school economics class, there was a teacher named Brother Bruda, and he was an old guy, you know, very well, you know, I think he was the union leader for our high school and he was pretty well off and he taught economics, he, you know, invested in the stocks, he was doing well for himself, or he appeared to be. And the big three that he talked about was like, never buy a brand new car because it's not an investment, it's a liability. If you, if you buy a $10,000 car, it loses about 10% of value as soon as you drive it off the lot. So like just the fact that you bought a car new, it is now no longer new, it's used. So it loses 10%. And very few cars hold their value for, for long. I know Toyotas and Hondas, ones that are reliable and long lasting, you know, they kind of hold their value or trucks which you can make money with by working and moving stuff and hauling equipment. Trucks can hold their value as well, but Hondas, Toyotas, those are great cars. I, but he basically was like, never buy a new car. Second thing was, you know, do not pay interest, AKA don't spend money you don't have. He specifically said, uh, you know, if you're gonna buy anything, buy it cash, or if you're going to swipe the card, you, can, you have the cash to pay it off immediately so it doesn't accrue interest. Bottom line, he said that if you understand interest, you will earn it, you know, but if you do not understand interest, you're going to pay it the rest of your life. And that's pretty much, you know, America runs on. A lot of people swipe their credit cards and like, oh, I can afford this. I'll just pay the minimum fee. But if you pay the minimum fee, you accrue so much interest. Your four, your $100 purchase will eventually cost you either $200 or even more if you really don't pay it all off, you know, for years and years and years, you know, um, whether that's a car loan, 
that is a you know a five-year car loan if you take the whole time to pay that off usually depending on the interest rate you know your five thousand dollar car will cost you seven thousand or even possibly ten thousand you know it's usually not that bad with the low you know the five-year loan but with let's say a mortgage it's a 30-year loan depending on the interest rate you know it's you know a two hundred thousand dollar house if you pay it the minimum over 30 years they're gonna the the house is gonna cost you like four hundred thousand dollars, and that's you know ballpark. But that's pretty much it. If you pay, you know, in cash and you pay buy only what you you know can afford, you know, usually get you know cost face value. But if you use interest and you pay, you know, aka if you pay interest, you know, by using loans, which you need to use loans for like your car, your business, you know, mortgage, those big things, school loans, like those are necessary things for the most part. But some people save and pay in cash. And that's that's very valuable. It's a very good lesson. And then the third thing, so the, the big three things is never buy a new car. Don't pay interest, you know, as much as you can, you know, avoid interest, you know, only buy, uh, only buy things you, you can afford, you know, with the cash in hand. And then the, you know, the third thing was invest, aka save or invest early and often. He basically showed us what compound interest, you know, it, 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 you know, um, what that equals when you have years and years. So if you start saving at 18, basically if you put $20 away a week, that's like 52 weeks in a year, you, you're gonna have like $4,000 or, or $2,000 a year. And Basically, if you put $2,000 away a year, you know, at 18 every year, that's $20 a week, you'll have over a million dollars by the time you retire at 62. You know, even, you know, using the most minimum interest rate, you know, you just $2,000, $2,000. And he would recommend putting in a Roth savings account or, um, or an IRA or, you know, 401k, but essentially you put that, you know, retirement money early and often compound interest there's equations out there you know you'll basically your two thousand dollars over time um every year will compound all you know basically over a million dollars you know conservatively but if you aggressively invest that in stocks or things that get a higher interest rate you could even even more money and essentially i was very like focused on that and i wanted to do that in the first few years that was easy twenty dollars a week two thousand dollars a year uh, and the reason you want a Roth is because there, it basically you don't pay taxes on it, you know, um, later, or it's a tax deduction now. And when you take it out, you can take it out for several reasons: medical, housing, education, or um, just retirement. Uh, and before you retire, I mean, you can take it out without tax, you know, penalty. But basically, um, when you do take it out with a Roth at the end, it's not taxed. Um, and that's, you know, that's a deeper conversation about, you know, retirement plans and, you know, uh, tactics and strategies. But big three from Brother Bruda was never buy a new car. You know, it's a waste. It's not, it's not a, doesn't add value. It's, it's a waste of money. Don't pay interest, you know, pay everything in cash. Or if you're going to swipe the card to earn those points, which he said he did, whether frequent flyer miles or cash back, you know, just pay the full bill at the end of the month. I do that with my credit cards. And, I get cash back. I think it's like 2%. But remember, credit cards get 3% or more basically from the uh, whoever you're purchasing it from. So that's why, you know, that's why credit cards everywhere. And that's why they like using credit cards because every business loses 3%. And unless the business charges you an extra 3%, it's coming out of their end. And that blows me away. Debit cards, I think, get 2% or like 1%. So like credit cards, the convenience, like they're making banks are making a lot of money off all the people just swipe, swipe, swipe. 
anyway, uh, you know, government likes lets it happen. And even worse is those uh, get your check early thing. Like if you have a weekly paycheck, if you go to one of those, you know, convenience stores or whatever that basically will like, they'll give you your paycheck early, but they're going to take 10% or whatever. Like you're basically paying so much interest on your hard earned money. And you, if you just wait, and that's the key, waiting and being patient, uh, you'll save yourself so much trouble. So never buy a new car. Don't pay interest if you can and save early and often um, compound interest. You know, if you spend, if you put away $2,000 at 18, you'll have a million dollars by the time you're 60 or 62 and retired, you know, ballpark easily compound interest. You don't touch the money and just keep pouring into it and, and, and interest, you know, working for you earns you that. But if you start saving when you're 30 or 40, you'll have almost, you know, probably have less than even half a million dollars, half of what you would have. You just start early at 18 because you have all that compound interest just builds up exponentially. It's wonderful. It's important stuff that I try to live by. And, but from a biblical standpoint, there's a lot of wisdom and smart things um, that God tries to, you know, give, uh, you know, whoever reads his Bible, whoever believes it and stands on it, some biblical wisdom and guidance that I've noted down here. Uh, it says, be wise, uh, fear the Lord, be, be good stewards, be generous to the poor and needy. Be humble uh, and honor others first before yourself, especially God. If you put God first, you know, there's several verses that say whether it's in tithe and resources or just in your heart, mind and soul. If you put God first, you know, he will you know, handle everything else and you'll have uh, other things given to you abundantly. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, in, you know, Solomon writes this, supposedly the wisest man in the world. He's, he's giving credit for writing the Psalms, I mean, not correction, the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. And essentially he's the son of the King of David and um, God basically spoke to him, you know, cause he was a you know, Jew, God's chosen people and King of the Jews, King of Israel. And God was like, well, you know, you honor me, you know, what can I give you? And Solomon asked for wisdom to lead the millions of people. You know, he didn't ask for riches or long life or anything. Yeah, he's like, I am young. I need wisdom to lead all these people. So God was like, I will give you wisdom like no other person ever, ever to live. And he's like, I will also give you riches and long life and health and, and favor. And so like, so, you know, Solomon, like it was amazing. And so in Ecclesiastes, he writes, invest widely. You know, if you, if you put, you know, you don't know what's going to do well or what's not going to do well. Maybe a drought will hit over here or maybe famine or earthquake, or maybe this market will go downhill. So in Ecclesiastes it says, put your bread and investment on multiple paths. So, cause you don't know what will return. And in the financial industry or, you know, wisdom education, they say diversification. So if, if inflation happens and, you know, the stock market drops, you know, you lose money in your investment there. But if you have money invested in agriculture or some other technology, maybe you have gold, maybe you, you stocked up on something else, you know, you have a very diverse or mixed portfolio. One thing can do bad and some other things will do good. So that's a biblical wisdom. Another, some other things from the Bible says work hard and be diligent and don't be like a dream chaser or a talker or lazy you know, chasing the wind and you will achieve much by being diligent and, you know, being consistent and steady. It says avoid shortcuts and cheating and underhanded stuff. You know, God hates um, bad scales and basically crime does not pay. In the long run, you're going to get caught. In the long run, people are going to rat you out or backstab you. If you hang with robbers and stealers and greedy people, most likely they're going to 
cut you out as well. So like the Bible says, you know, work hard, be diligent, and then don't, you know, don't cut corners. A big theme is also don't focus on being rich or earthly wealth. But, you know, if you do, if you chase after wealth or money, it'll run from you, flee to you, grow wings. So, you know, if you focus on the things of God or and, and build up your stuff um, in heaven, riches in heaven, you know, you'll, you'll have riches that will be eternal and they won't rot and, you know, go away. Like you know, here on earth, things get robbed, stolen, things are eroded. You only have so many, so much life in you and you're going to die. So, you know, things will rust, things will, you know, come and go. But if you store up for yourself, Trevor, treasure in heaven, you know, that will be really beneficial to you. Another thing is, as I said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. It says over and over again, with you want a God with your material, if you are obedient with the tithe, you know, your barns will never, you know, run dry, they'll overflow. And so, you know, that was back in Jesus's time and olden times. So money was equated to, you know, stuff like cows and agricultural stuff like farming and animals and wheat and, and, and harvesting and grain piles. But nowadays you think of a fat bank account, like lots of, you know, Bitcoin or, you know, Dogecoin or basically having a lot of currency in today's world. So if you put God first, you're a good steward. You know, he's given you everything so you can give him 10%. You know, he's given you your job. He's created you. Uh, you can honor him by, you know, with the 10%. And that really supports the local church, missions, um, the body of Christ, you know, the needy, the poor. And you're, you know, tie this 10%. That was like training wheels. You know, Jesus said, you know, give unto Caesar what's Caesar's and give to God what is God's. God, everything is God's. All your, uh, he's given you everything so you can give it all back to him. That's amazing uh, to think about. Hard to do. But I know when I started tithing, mugging, being um, stingy, that's what, you know, it lost its power on me. I was more, a little more generous, a little less stingy, a little more, you know, I'll cover you. I got you. Let me bless you and you can bless someone else later. Uh, and on a th uh, last thing, biblically wise, that I had for quick is you reap what you sow. If you reap into the things of the flesh, you're going to, you know, reap death and sin. But if you reap into the things of the spirit, you know, reading your word, you know, being godly, being selfless, you're going to reap things of the spirit like life. And the same thing goes for financial stuff, investing, working hard. You reap what you sow. So reap well, reap hard work, reap investment and diligence. And that ties into many other things. God bless you all. And uh, may this, you know, may you take some tidbits and may you be wiser for it. This, I really want to help, you know, future generations and other people like take some of the lessons I've learned, especially my future children and other youth and young adults that maybe their parents weren't so off or maybe they want to do better, but you can know better, but not do better. It really takes a growth team around you to encourage you and push you in the right direction. If you don't hold yourself accountable, which not everyone does perfectly or much, it's good to have people alongside you, a good wife, good girlfriend, or good friends, you know, or wise counsel, like, you know, your parents, they've lived life, they know things, or maybe other friends, or even a financial manager, or a Christian counselor, or fitness trainer, you know, there's, there's so many things that can, you know, people that can help be advocates for you and encourage you. And, as my friend had said recently, be a truth friend. They'll tell you the hard things and the truth rather than, oh yeah, let's spend my money this way. Oh yeah, you, you're not fat, you're not shape. Like, let, you know, just keep doing the things you're doing. But truth friends will tell you the hard stuff, even if you don't want to hear it. God bless, peace out.